0: Hello and welcome back to Falcons on Air, the Alabamian's podcast. I am Josie Shaw, the new podcast producer. And my name is
1: Xander Swain. I'm the managing editor of content for the Alabamian. And today we're going to be talking about the history of ghosts. We've got a special interview with some of the staff at Carmichael Library, and
0: we hope you enjoy We do have a soft trigger warning for the beginning of the podcast. It is quite a light podcast and nothing heavy, but if you are sensitive to the paranormal and anything spooky, advise ahead.
1: So, uh, really, the first question is just kind of an introduction. Who are you guys? What do you do? Obviously, me and Josie know, but just for our audience. um, I wonder that
2: thing. Same thing every day. Of
3: course, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, my name's Kathy Lowe. I've been here 32 years now. I retired officially two years ago, and I'm now an adjunct librarian.
2: Cool. Uh, Carrie Heatherly, um, the archivist at the University of Montevallo, and I've been here since 2003, uh, 2007 in the, the archivist role.
1: Cool. So kind of... What has been y'all's role since I guess Ghostwalk has created? Um, since I know you guys are both librarians, obviously, you know a lot about the, our history of Ghostwalk, of the campus, and whatnot. What are y'all's roles in kind of doing this?
3: Well, in 2008, I was a librarian, and the director's name was Rosemary. And she asked if anybody was interested in doing Ghost Walk, because we kind of had heard about Ghost Walk, but it wasn't really taking place. But there was this history of a ghost walk. Um, So foolishly, I said yes. (laughs) And so in 2008, we got off with a bang. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. uh, So... One of the things that I remember is, um, well, Kathy headed everything up, but you know, we kind of planned this talk, kind of party we ordered sandwiches and stuff we were like <laughs> you know 75 <laughs> people show up it'll be great I think we had 300 and over 300 yeah two, was it two wow. news stations Birmingham News stations two news
3: stations, stations came um, uh,
2: yeah. Shelby County Reporter yeah. Birmingham News AL.com they all had um, folks here so mm-hmm. uh, immediately became yeah. its own Halloween yeah. monster yeah. <laughs> So
0: with Ghostwalk, do you guys have a personal connection to either the history or the spiritual or the metaphysical aspect to it that makes you so interested in it?
3: Well, I, I was a history major as an undergraduate, so I, I just really am into the history of this university and, I don't know, really feel it's important to preserve it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I was a history major as, as well, and my job affords me the ability to to study, to gather, and to, to look at the at the school's history all the time. So it's something I'm interested in um, just from that angle. And also the folklore, uh, ghost story aspect of it, too. And I think the, the Southerners' sort of love of a good storyteller and, and a good story, I think if you mix all those things together, it makes a good... And I think the old axiom's true: never, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> so uh, you know, we we're fortunate to live in an area of the country where f- where folklore is such a huge yeah. deal. You know, up in Tennessee, there's a storytelling um, festival, and Selma has the connection with Catherine Tucker Wyndham as well. So I think we're we're fortunate to have have that. So I, I think there are multiple connections for me.
0: Is there one, like, specific story you could point to that you would say is the most believable with all of the folklore we have at our school, the specific history, but on the the haunted side, is there one that, let's say, Condi or King House or is there one specifically?
3: Well, for me, it's Condi. Um, My daughter went to school here, and she lived in Maine. So it feels almost like a personal connection um, that my daughter lived there. And I can't imagine how sad it must have been. And so I think the Condi story hits me the hardest.
2: Um... (laughs) I'm... I was always partial to S- Civil War history because it's here we can um, we can study we can walk those battlefields just by getting out of a car we don't really have to travel that far. But as f- regarding the question that you you ask, I think Condi is because the Condi story is a true story. Right. Um, it's a, it's a ghost story based on a actual you know event that we have a historical record of. Right. So I would go with that one. I would agree with with that. And
0: I think most students are captivated by that one too, like that's the one I personally hear the most being talked about, the one being showcased. Um, I think you could ask anybody and they talk about the door,
1: you know? Yeah. Oh, the door. I know a lot of our students around here, that's the first thing they hear when they come to campus and first thing they hear in October is Condi.
2: If they Um, would have come to campus as a freshman in 1921 or 1933 or 1959, It's more than likely a ghost story is one of the first things that they, they've heard, one of the first connections they, they've they made. I hear that all the time. I get students drop by my office all the time. Oh, my mother went here. I know the story. Can I see the door? Uh, we get a lot of that, especially this time of year.
0: Will the door be up this year during Halloween?
2: We'll have it out on display whether someone requests it for their space or not. So it'll be on display in the, uh, the lobby of, of Carmichael Library on the – on the main floor, um, we'll probably uh, put that out um, Thursday, cool. um, and, and leave it out a, a couple of days. Leave it out until until Monday. Yeah. But yeah, it's a huge attract, huge attraction. <laughs> COVID or no COVID,
1: that is true. We're talking about you know Condi, all these different stories and whatnot. What spots on campus do you think are kind of the most haunted that you might? hear the most accounts about
3: i think the graveyard i mean i honestly i don't think everybody that goes to school here knows there's a graveyard unless you go behind hill house um and it's behind that beautiful limestone wall yeah. it's a gra- it's a real graveyard and so um i think that to me could be haunted <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> that
3: in king house the i only mean the reason
1: i learned about it was because of i'm in the alarms okay. program so hill house okay. is right by there yeah yeah um when I saw it, I was like, yeah. "No one told me about this." Yes,
3: yes, it's not in the hear books. It's not in the brochures.
2: Yeah, I would, I would go with King, King stories as well. The yeah. cemetery, the King house, the, yeah. the whole. And there's so many stories associated yeah. with that. Some that are associated with the house and the graveyard that are not associated with Edmund himself. Yeah. I mean, just other people at the house and that sort of thing. And that's also where a lot of the paranormal mm-hmm. groups it. The King House and the Main Hall and the Cemetery are, are hot spots when they come. That's true.
0: Well, we, we talked about the history of the Civil War on our campus. Um, is there any general history we can touch on and basically what this area was a role for during that time? Um,
2: yeah, so we, we did not have, you know, sort of any epic Gettysburg type yeah. battles <laughs> anywhere around here. Yeah. Um, we were known for manufacturing. Um, we mainly mining um, and then iron, pig iron, uh, all the furnaces around here at Shelby, Tannehill and Briarfield. And a lot of that material made its way over land to Montevallo or near here and got picked up on the Railroad and the railroad went from Montevallo to Selma where it finished manufacturing and then the Confederate Navy could get it on out into the Gulf. Um, So toward the end of the Civil War, the Union started dispatching troops that were more and more interested in waging war on infrastructure Mm -hmm. rather than attacking an army. They didn't want to fight. They wanted to tear up railroad. They wanted to tear down railroad depot. So we were a target because of that. Um, there was a battle here. It's not much of a. <laughs> and when you compare it to something like Chancellorsville or Shiloh or Gettysburg, it was not any sort of major action, but important nonetheless. They were trying to break the back of the Confederacy. So that was what was going on, sort of in central Alabama, and we're part of the same raid that that. Got the university of alabama when when it was burned
0: so doing research about the civil war we looked on the city of montevallo's page and they had different listings for different buildings on campus and a little bit of history about each one and we learned about aaron burr possibly being on campus staying the night in Montefallo during the Civil War, Do I know.
1: You... I know. My freshman year, someone had told me Aaron Burr's goes haunts King House. <laughs> That's all they told me.
2: That would, um, that would have been, um, that would have been a a little earlier. That would yeah. have been um, between, or that would have been after the War of eighteen twelve. Yeah. Um, Alabama's um, had just become a state. Uh, Aaron Burr had come across this area of Alabama. Um, he was actually going out west he hoped to form or attempt to form his own country <laughs> yeah. um, and then Edmund King was in the state of Alabama connected through both the Baptist Church and politics. He served as a politician elected politician so he was a he was a known man um, if you wanted any sort of thing done in central alabama if you're running for office or anything you know it would not hurt to pay edmund king a visit so it would not shock me if um if that story is is true
0: yeah and um it's kind of funny because doing more research about it i didn't realize he was arrested north of mobile and spent the night in huntsville um and i think he was being arrested for creating his own army against america (laughs) yeah um, and it, it's a no-no. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think that would
1: pass now. So, so kind of going back to Civil War, um, a lot of rumors are kind of surrounding Reynolds Hall. Um, one of those being it was a Confederate hospital. Could you kind of clarify for that? Just just for the audience. No. I'm, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> um. There's not much, as far as written record yeah. is concerned, the, that says that it's a hospital. Um, however, it was a building. Yeah. Um, there are unknown Confederate soldiers buried in the graveyard, the city cemetery, um, so that it would make perfect sense that it had been used as a hospital. Um, mm-hmm at least temporarily. And by hospital, we're not talking about um, IV wards and, and things like that. We're talking about something with a roof that didn't leak. Um, so they would have used pretty much anything. The Catholic Church and some others had a hospital, had a big hospital between um, Calera and Columbiana during the Civil War. Lots of Confederates are buried there. Um, so it would make perfect sense. but. That one sheet of paper, that one order, that one uh, it so far it it still eludes us. So no, I can't really clarify could you,
1: could you kind of explore I guess more specifically the ghost story of Captain Reynolds and whatnot?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the ghost the ghost story essentially I'm not I'm not going to tell the the ghost story, but it yeah. sort of the shortened version is is he was. Overseeing the hospital um, in his role as an officer in the Confederate Army. And as the Union troops approached, he left to go help fight and command troops against the Union Army. And while he was gone, the um, Union troops had massacred the, the wounded soldiers inside. The building and then when he returned he sees in horror what has happened and he vows to never leave his post again and that's why the portrait yeah. you know if it's moved it's 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 put back the next morning and his eyes kind of follow you around yeah. the the room and of course we have numerous you know the windows shut doors shut when you're by yourself in the building yeah um so that's that's kind of the shortened version of, of the ghost story.
0: It sounds like a great creative writing project. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know before we started, you mentioned that Trummy was one that was interesting to you. Could you talk about maybe some of the history behind Trummy and
3: well, um, my knowledge of Trummy is that, and Kerry will have to back me up, he was a teacher here on campus and beloved by all, and his wife also was a, a teacher. And um, he seems to haunt Palmer and plays, is kind of a trickster, and plays. Um, tricks on folks that are rehearsing for college night, particularly. So, um, But I think he's always been thought of as a friendly ghost. Uh, no, he, he wouldn't hurt anybody. Just prankish.
1: I have heard that he, one of the pranks he does is swings one of the ropes at the last rehearsal, and... Whenever whichever side it ends on is the side that's going to win and I don't think he's ever been wrong
3: <laughs> I, I had not you. heard that that's a good one
0: I can testify I never witnessed this
3: <laughs>
0: but that would that would be interesting um,
2: I, I do know it's popular um, for the folks that set up things like college night or a lecture or something like that in Palmer that you know when something crashes it goes oh there's trying <laughs>
0: One main question that's outside of the history, but how do you feel about the culture of ghost stories on campus? Do you think it aids in remembering our history or maybe defeats the point of history itself, you know, the the facts that we have about what has happened?
2: Um, uh, yeah, so I'll go back to what I said earlier. I like all aspects of it. I like the history. Yeah. I like the folklore. Um, anytime that we get a chance to talk about campus history. Um, I don't care how we get there. <laughs> um, I, I think it's I think it's beneficial in that regard. And I appreciate the folklore. Again, I appreciate the storytelling. I think that's an import, important cultural aspect. Um, so I'm gonna say it, you know, if I if I had to choose A or B, I'm going to say, yes, I think the ghost stories are, are important to campus. And I think it's uh, an important sort of entry access point to, to campus history. Yeah.
3: yeah, I think it's important, too, to recognize that uh, many people believe or you know have a belief in the paranormal and there's nothing really wrong with that and um i think it's just an opportunity to explore that too in addition to the history of the campus and i don't think it hurts the campus at all
2: Absolutely. i i would go on to say too that with the amount of like shows and mm-hmm. interest groups yeah. that have come here yeah. to film and stuff and i think it's a I think it creates a sort of PR for, oh, yeah. for campus yeah. as well. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and Being able to see that interest is really yeah. cool.
1: I really don't think I could imagine Montevallo without all the ghost stories you yeah. have seen. Um, there's just so many. <laughs> um, kind of going off of that, have you guys personally ever had a ghost encounter on campus? Or any kind of maybe paranormal activity that you may or may not think that something happened or that you can't explain
3: well I, i've never had one on campus but personally i have had an experience with a spirit a ghost yeah. and so i i can and it was like this cold wind that went by <laughs> oh, and um i found out later i had no idea i found out later that a young boy had died in the house oh, wow. and apparently that was him going by oh. and um it, it didn't scare me Um, But I certainly felt something cold whizz by me. (laughs) So that's my personal, you know, experience. I've
2: definitely had, like, eerie feelings. Um, I know Palmer... (laughs) (laughs) Palmer has a lot of twists and turns in it. You can get way high up in the attic and you can get below ground as well. And if you're down there and there's not a lot of people or you're way up there, and there's not a lot of people around. It's definitely a very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, buildings move and, you know, that, that kind of adds a, a, a creepy aspect to it. So I've, I've never really, been scared, but you know, it's yeah. all unsettled. I, uh, and King House is the same way. Holy if you're by yourself in yeah. King House,
3: Walking
2: by that at night, yeah, I've, yeah, <laughs> I've walked
1: from the library two a.m. from doing yeah. a study session or something, right by King
0: House, mm-hmm. and it's just that feeling, yeah. like you can't shake it. Yeah, definitely. I kind of wonder if these these ghosts are going to be a uh, Objectful to the the building name changes we have coming. (laughs) I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Well, is there anything we didn't ask you guys that you'd like to talk about? Maybe talk, it's up to you guys. Um, It's okay if not though.
3: Well, just to express my um thanks to the alabamian all the students over the years because the library certainly could not um, maintain the level of entertainment and carrie's uh, version you know the true versions he he's usually the last stop on the ghost tour and he tells the true story at the end but um without the students help and the alabamian in particular um it would be difficult to pull off ghost walk just because it's gotten so popular
2: yeah, um, I would say Kathy is the the real instrument instrumental person in in all this, and the Alabamian has been a it's been I think that's been a wonderful yeah. partnership. Um you see, the last three years have been weather, COVID, and this year COVID. Yeah. But before that was we were knocking on the door 500 where we were at
3: 500, 500 people.
2: Hey, people, so uh, it's an immense amount of work. Yeah, but it's also satisfying to see that many, that many people come through as well.
3: Um. And and outside of the campus, people that are from off campus um, flock to it. Also, we start getting phone calls. I had a chat online chat asking if we were going to have ghost walk. So it's not just our students and campus community. It's outside of campus. There's a great deal of interest. So I hope people will continue. Hope y'all looking at the Alabama <laughs> staff. Uh, we'll keep it alive.
2: We hope so. We yeah, maybe uh, 2022 will be a little. A little better
3: yeah could be.
2: and all I've had students recently oh I'm I'm a junior I've never been to oh, things like that I'm
3: sad about that you know yeah. I'm sad for the juniors and seniors yeah it's, it's kind of sad
0: well I just wanted to throw it back to y'all thank you guys for coming and also for the work you do for the university um, it's amazing that our campus has such a rich history for me that makes my enjoyment here is so much more Um and yeah, just I all for your work and keeping up with the history of our school. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
2: This thank was great. You. Of course. Thank
0: you. thank you so much for listening to the Halloween episode of Falcons on Air. And this is a special thank you to Kathy Lowe and Carrie Heatherly for our amazing interview. If you're interested in helping the newspaper or podcast, reach out to any
1: of our socials at um or email us at alabamian at add
0: us on spotify or your choice of platform and stay tuned into social media to see future updates about the podcast